Views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. would have had serious consequences for the world financial system but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the US wants to avoid at all costs We're slicing cake We're slicing cake We're slicing cake Gaddafi didn't give up. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together to create this new currency that would rival the dollar and euro. They would sell oil and other resources around the world only for gold dinars. It's an idea that would shift the economic balance of the world. Countries' wealth would depend on how much gold they have, not how many dollars they trade. And Libya has 144 tons of gold. Welcome, welcome everyone. It's Mando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave from LA, coming to you live from FEMA Region Number 6. Today is June the 3rd. <laughs> 2019 is June the 3rd, 2019 is a Monday, and we have a live show for you today. And at any time you'd like to get in on the conversation, don't hesitate. Give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number, and it is a manic Monday, so we're going to definitely uh, have a live show for you. I just want to thank you all for uh, last week I, I was I was traveling was was not able to do the show at all. Thanks to Scotty and Pastor Keith uh, for doing the show. The days that they were able to do it Friday, they weren't able to do it. But um, just want to just say thank you, thank you, thank you. So appreciate you all. A uh, lot of things going on, good things going on. So just uh, had to take care of some some personal, some business stuff, and and got to uh, do that. So now I am well, restfully tired from the whole week. So, hey, but it's, it's, it's a good thing, and I, and I say that uh, with, with great, great pleasure. So, but I'm just glad to be back with you all here on Tando Radio Show. And we're going to wait for the uh, co-host, uh, Pastor Keith. Scotty is here. Pastor Keith should be dropping into studio any moment. But... We will get going in today's show. But before we do that, as always, everyone, please support Black Talk Radio Network. Give some financial donation. Make a monetary donation to the network. You can do that by going to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com. Hit the donation prompt and give some of your financial energy so that this network can stay on air. Also, you can support the network. The best way to do it is to become a member inside of their social media platform known as BTR Community. BTR Community is a social media platform where you can engage in all of your social media activities without being as adversely affected. 
You could do that for only $24 a, a year. That's really, that's really, really uh, a great bargain for you to have a social media platform where you can promote yourself, your business, or promote some things that you think need to have more public awareness or to, be, to have public scrutiny. You can do it there at BTR Community. It supports the network instead of being on FedBook and you know, other mainstream ones. So please do that. Also, if you'd like to acquire real money, now's the time to do it. Exchange your currency for real money at www.prosperitymint.com. www.prosperitymint.com is a full-service precious metals dealership where you can engage in all of your, where, excuse me, where you can exchange your currency for real money, and that measure of savings is going to be very, very important, especially going forward in the economies that in the, in the t turmoil and the turbulence and crisis that we will be seeing uh, unfold. They already have, if you really look at it, and if for those that were investing in real money by having the precious metals from years back, they're benefiting right now because they haven't lost any purchasing power with their dollars. So those the thing is that you want to prepare for the future by what you do today, okay? Very, 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 very important. So one of the main staplers of being sovereign and self-determined is actually having your own means to resources where you don't depend on uh, someone else that would subjugate or enslave you in, in that overall relationship. So make sure that you do that. Pastor Keith is finally uh, in studio. Even though the show starts at the top of the hour, you know, Pastor Keith uh, just comes in any time that he feels like. What's up, Pastor Keith? How are you? Good, good, good. Good thank to you. see you, my brother. Thank you. I was just saying to everyone, thank you for holding it down with Scotty the days that you were able to do it. I uh, greatly appreciate uh, you all. Thanks a lot, uh, Keith. It's my pleasure. For sure, for sure. Um, and you know, with and I really did need a co-host because it, it's it's too much, you know, Keith. When when you're trying to do, you know, everything that we're doing, it has you running all over the place and and doesn't give you a lot of time to uh, adjust, especially for, you know, the business that we have to still continue to run and, 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 and maintain. So I greatly appreciate you, Keith. So if anybody ever says that I didn't appreciate, if they said that I said that I didn't appreciate you, probably you should believe them because that's the, probably what I said to them. But I'm going to tell you that I do appreciate you, brothers. So, and Scotty. And Scotty. Wait, 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 wait. You. You 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 you're late, so you you got to hold on. You got to hold your place till you get in. You looking for a way to uh, just to charge the phone? No. Uh, but and my man Scotty, uh, the same thing. Really, 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 really appreciate uh, Scotty and long stand a relationship that I uh, definitely will be growing, and we need to do a whole lot more. And we're we're making those sacrifices. What, Chief? <laughs> Yeah, I, I really gotta say too. Uh, wait, wait, wait! I'm not finished. I'm talking about Scotty. You, 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 you like to? No, because you, you playing. I, I, they can't see what you're doing. So, but I really do appreciate Scotty and this opportunity on Black Talk Radio Network to to be able to actually engage in a relationship uh, with everyone, and it's priceless to me. And, and we are going to maintain a commitment. We need to to do more, and that's what we've been really working to do. Is is something very substantial. Um, that will assist Scotty because Scotty definitely needs assistance. He's, he's brought this baby, this this 
this endeavor, this venture to help others very, very far. Now it's, it's really a measure of that, that has to be reciprocated where we pick up the overall uh, mantle and, and to, to carry this thing all the way through. So much love, much respect to Scotty. So before we get into uh, no, what's in the news, got something to say. I, it, just as I was about to say, just before we get into what's in the news, let me let uh, Pastor Keith sound off before he goes to sleep because I know he's got all this energy. But he will fall asleep after he says what he has to say. Go ahead, Pastor Keith, because I know I'm interrupting your morning nap after you just woke up this morning. Go ahead, Pastor Keith. And I hate to be the, be the dead horse, and, and I try to be here. But the fact of the matter is, like you said, it. I don't come in at the top of the hour. You know, I kind of I kind of do what I do. But with that being said, what you do and what Scotty does, the people really need to step back and uh, uh, look at it with a whole new appreciation. And because uh, not only do you do the show day in, day out, every day, but they don't understand necessarily the preparation that goes into the show, uh, the things that you have to, the time that you spend putting it together, getting the news together, the same way with Scotty, getting this thing up and running and stuff. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you step back and think about it for just two hours a day, that's, that's a serious dedication uh, to do that two hours each and every day. Let, all on the outside of all the work that it prepares uh, to get the show up and ready. Um, and you do all that without compensation, by the way. You know, you're not getting paid. Scotty's not getting paid. And, and uh, I just think that, you know, the people really need to step back and, and understand and appreciate what they're receiving and the sacrifices that you and Scotty are making to do that. So You as well, Pastor Keith. You, you, you as well. And we do appreciate it. And we do get compensation. It's not monetary. Okay. The compensation that, that we get is that this is the path that we've chosen. Sure. And, and uh, there, there is no there is no monetary, excuse me, there is no economic payment that society gives us because we do this because of the spirit. No, that's a, because of the spirit, and the spirit of the law is the reason why we, we do all of this, as, as well as yourself, have to keep in, hey, we're going to keep doing it, but we do need the overall support to keep the network lights on, to keep it from going dark. And so please donate to Black Talk Radio Network, and we would be able to continue to do what we've been doing and grow so much more. So with that being said, uh, we're going to jump into uh, what's in the news. And let me just, I had, for some reason, Keith, I had, there we go. I might got to pull this all up. Please, everyone, excuse me. Let me get this in. And okay, so today's show, and, and what we really need to do, there was some, some on Friday, uh, weren't, be, weren't able to do the show. And so there's some things, and this this day is we we really need to cover some of the news stuff that's going on. Um, and so today's show, the topic of today's show, things are brewing into a real global shock crisis, and they really, really, really are. Things 
are real, excuse me, things are brewing into a real global shock crisis. And that is, in my opinion, is very, very true, and it's in our best interest to, to get prepared for that as much as we possibly can. And so we're going to take a look at a lot of, today's show is going to really take a look at a lot of the, the news articles, and I'm going to go back to Friday as well, Keith, uh, to pull up some of the things from Friday because Friday had some stuff in it that um, that was very, very uh, relevant to, to, to what's going on, and I wanted to uh, do that. And so we're going to have a, a lot of, you know, what's in the news. We're going to have really a news segment to where, because we have to count, kind of counter what's being said throughout the world uh, or here in the U.S. as to, to what's going on. There's some major, major articles, and as we go through them, um, we can discuss some of the ones that we think are, are, are very, very necessary. So, With that being said, let me add a little bit. Sure. Um, because I, when I sit back and look at myself, you kind of get a funny picture. At least I do anyway. I get a funny picture every time I look yeah, at yeah, you, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in the comment section. Okay. Anyway, but uh, the reason being is I'm so naive in so many ways. But by the same token, I'm aware in so many ways. And it, it, it kind of trips me out from the fact that I'm aware of this stuff. And I guess what I mean by naive is when I look at some of this stuff, even though I'm aware of this stuff, it's shocking to me when I see it. Yeah. So, like, just for this morning, I, was, I, I took a little time and I was watching MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it trips me out because as they were talking... You know, they're actively talking about basically Trump was over in Europe right now. He's in England. Mm-hmm. He's doing all the pompous circumstances in the, mm-hmm. in the Buckingham and all those sort of things. But as they're talking, basically they're talking about the fact that if you listen to his tweets, uh, tweets and stuff, he's got a mustache with him mm-hmm. who is actively, yep. actively. Mustache. To, so, so, so everybody know who, who you're talking about, John Bolden. Um, who's actively doing everything he can to push us into the war. Yeah. You know, you have... Uh, Which has already succeeded because sure. his presence is already there because the war has already started. Right. Yeah. Right. But we're, we're so unaware of that as the uh, American people, quote, unquote. Uh, the other part was Donald Trump himself, who's over there, and everything is hollow because he is very interested in Brexit, you know, and the deal is, Brexit is, I don't know if you're for it, against it, or whatever, but you're still looking at a deterioration of an organization. You're looking at a deterioration of a team, if you will. Yeah. And he's actively trying to bring those things about. So I guess what's so shocking to me, again, is as, the, an, as an average individual, we naturally look or things that we think are going to produce harmony, uh, the betterment mm-hmm. of our everyday condition. Mm-hmm. We, we always think that the best is happening, and we're surprised at the, the, of the truth of the works. Well, farther than that, yeah. we always think, we just expect that you would think that these people will want the same thing as according you. to those same outlook. Right, right, as you. As you. Yeah. Whereas these people actually are trying to destroy those things that you think that these people would naturally And destroy you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's, 
it's mm. not a way that we think. Right, Keith. But I know with me, I'm aware of these things, but still, it's kind of like the word where it says you got to meditate it on a night and day. Yeah. I got to meditate on the fact that I got to remember that these people do not want my best interest. Yes. So we sit here in a, in a, in a uh, state waiting on politicians to do what it is that we think that they should naturally do. Right, right. And what we think that they think is right and everything else, and this is what, yes, you know, Keith, and, and that has all been a measure of, of, of a massage that, that's been actually massaged into our overall psyche, that's been uh, indoctrinated, that's been actually a measure of school trained of, of thought that we've all been uh, constantly, constantly bombarded with and seasoned with throughout the moments, throughout the years, throughout the, the uh, decades, and for you, uh, through through one century because you've been around for a century, so that's a that's a lot of tenderizing for us to be mushy. Because you think about it, what tenderization? What happens when you tenderize meat? You take tough meat and you soften it, right? You soften it. We've been so mal, we've been so tenderized that, that we've malued into something that is weak. We've really been malued into to weakness. And we've been malued into servitude. And so I think that that's a very important thing for us to break collectively, individually, and generationally. So it's, it's a formidable, formidable threat, and it's not something that is going to go away. It has to be pushed, pulled, dismantled, and actually has to be defeated by the soft people that will have to turn hard. And so we, um, this is part of why we do what we do, just to strike that overall thought and that commitment in people to see that there is an importance. There is an importance of your existence. And that importance of your existence really lies in how you willfully participate with your energy. What are you going to give your energy to? Because everything that we give our, you know, we create babies that aren't just human. We create things that live all the time. And even, and even in inanimate objects. That's how strong the gift that was given to us really is. You can make an inanimate object come to life. Basically, you can raise the dead with your energy. And we have to raise something that's been murdered, something that has been entombed, something that has been cast to, to the bowels of the deeps, 
in hopes to never surface again. And that is our individual sovereignty and collective self-determination. I, I think some of the, a word that comes to mind, and again, I'm looking at me because just all over the place, you know, but as I find that I get older, I was finding that I was becoming more and more narrow-minded. And that sounds like a terrible thing. I always thought it was a terrible thing. But I see the advantages of that because yeah. it makes me revert back to the things of old. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because I'm about to break a uh, uh, um, contradiction to that as well. Yeah. Because as, as I think about some of these things, I, I'm starting to read a lot about um, being spiritual and not religious. Yeah. You know, so as you hear me talk all the time, what happens is all the time we automatically move to the extreme and sure. to the extreme. Sure, sure. Keith. And we well forget said. everything in the middle, whereas I think there's a middle to everything. Yeah. And more in, in, in the field of electronics. Mm -hmm. You have something called the oscilloscope. Yep, the oscilloscope. Yep. And then that oscilloscope it measures the wave or the wave. Yeah, current. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it has its, it has its peaks and its valleys. Right. Well, the secret to do that is to level that off and go take a straight line between the two and eliminate the peak, eliminate the the valley, and do this thing in the middle. And that's your most efficient energy. Yes. Well, that thing works the same way with us. I think but so, too. But we always, as a people in our discussions, run either to the peak or either to the valley. And I love the way you said that, Keith. You run either way because it's always a sprint to, to both of them. Absolutely. The sprint to both of them. And once you arrive at one, now you're sprinting back to the, to the other. And it's... And, and I, I love that analogy because it's very, very true in, in, in my opinion. And I think it's necessary, very necessary to for us to identify who we are and where we're going, first and foremost. That's where it all starts. So, and with that being said, so it goes back to what I was saying. You know, uh, in my closed-mindedness, open-mindedness, people used to say, well, I'm spiritual not religion. And I immediately took offense to that. The heck you mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I, as I go on, I think that we, especially as a, a people of hue, yeah. we have lost our spiritual consciousness. Yeah. And yeah. that has a lot to do with where we are, where we're going, and where we expect to be. You know. True, true. You know, Keith, I, I just really appreciate because when you speak certain things you're seeding different things and the individuals that used to say to you that they were spiritual they were they were actually cultivating and seeding something in you even though you know to, to, to plant a seed you got to break the ground and breaking the ground is never easy never easy never ever easy it's so difficult that man has had to in, in, invent and create tools to assist in that. Imagine if you had to plant seeds with your bare hands. But what you had to do was that you couldn't plant seeds. Watch this, Keith. 
You can't plant seeds with your bare hands. What did you have to do? You had to use your mind. You had to use your true power source. And your true power source is your talents and ability to engineer and to create something that will be able to plant seeds more efficiently and effectively for you. That's how powerful we are. Physically, we're not strong enough. Our physical nature is not strong enough to endure. But with our spiritual abilities, our spiritual bodies, we are able to overcome every adversity and create life continuously and sustain that life eternally. That's powerful. That's very that's powerful. So before we get upset about something that ruined our so-called day, build an eternity, and you, you won't even notice the blip. It won't even register. So I'm glad that you, you started with that, Keith, because I think that, that that is very, very relevant to who and where we and what we need to. And that everything else in between needs to be defined by each and every individual. And then as that gets defined, then there can be collective prudence of those of like energy and frequency. Now you can resonate together. So we're going to get into what's the news. So we're going to take it back to Friday, Keith. There was an article from um, Economic Poli uh, Policy Institution, uh, EPI. I like EPI. I, I use EPI for, for some of our seminars, which we have a seminar coming up this month, the 22nd of June, uh, Keith. Uh, so when we do seminars, and, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on for those of you that would like to do it, definitely need to be a part of it. So listen, there was an article, The Racial Wealth Gap, How African Americans Have Been shorted, shorted Out of the Materials to Build Wealth. And I said so much more to this article. We must not be misled into false riches. That was my commentary. But the article says, the racial wealth gap, how African Americans have been shorted out of the materials to build wealth. Wealth is, move this down, the uh, subtitle of that, wealth is critically important measure, a critically important measure of economic health. Wealth allows families to transfer income earnings to, <clears throat> in the past to meet spending demands in the future, such, such as by building up savings to finance a child's, child's college education. Wealth also provides a buffer for economic security against periods of unemployment or risk-taking, or risk -taking, like starting a new business. So I would say very, very important article, but read it. From with a measure of a, well, the spirit of the law and not what's be determined, because that's why I said there's so much more to this article. We must not be led by fall, into false riches. Okay, so just by eliciting what you just read, uh, you talked about having something to put aside on a rainy day. Sure. You talked about having something to, uh, to make an investment to to leave your kids because basically that's what you're doing sure. when you save enough money to pay for their college education, et cetera. Sure. But the fact of the matter, Dave, is we have a people of color, especially in this country now. Uh, I read an article that they said that, and we I think we talked about it, 
that 50% of the families today are having a hard time. <laughs> they push that number up. Their daily. They push that number up. So if it's 50% of the American families, and that's the number that they use, mm -hmm. we know that when America catches the cold, black people have pneumonia. <laughs> so putting that in perspective, you're talking about wealth and putting money aside, et cetera, et cetera, whereas we've been put in a situation where we're having a hard time just figuring out what we're going to eat on a daily basis. You know, when economics, based off of the system that that, that – most people adhere to, and that system is a system that's been created by, by man to manipulate men. When, when you said in, in, in America, in the United States, when the United States has a, has a cold, you said we catch pneumonia. I would classify it this way. When the United States sneezes, we've already been in a coma. We've been in, in, in an economic coma. And very important that we do some, and some, some of the fundamental things that we need to do to change so much are very, very small things to do that will have meaningful impact for us in our ability to create prosperity and to regain the prosperity that's already been lost. But we're, that with our, that's our mission here. I try to focus on that as much as I possibly can. So this article is very, very significant. We'll definitely cover this on Financial Friday. But I wanted this article uh, just for it to be thought, the thought of it, just to enter, to, just to enter into your, your sphere of your, or, or your kaleidoscope of energy. And, and what you do with that, is really up to you. So that's a, a, a article that we will definitely take a look at um, and, and dissect ourselves on Financial Friday, Great Creative Willing. Okay? Next article, Keith, this one came from Nielsen, the rating company. Right? Don't know how true it is. doesn't really matter, but I, I you know, put it in there just, just for the overall in, to, to motivate and engage us to, to be doing, thinking about something and doing something about it. Black impact is what this says. Consumer categories where African Americans move the market. Read it again. From, from Nielsen, right, right, the rating company. Black impact. So what is the, the, the so-called black community's impact on, on the economy? But, see, I'm, I'm making things up because you really don't know what, what, what their intentions were in this whole thing, but I'll just you know, say, hold it at face value. Consumer categories where African Americans move the markets, move markets. So they're basically looking at the categories where uh, African American or, or black people move the market. Where we spend our money. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, or where our influence and where our energy is, is, is moving that market one way or another generally is moving that market up, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you really look at it, Keith, when you really, really look at it, you've been around the world, Keith. I've been around the world. You know one of the things that I noticed around the world, Keith, in my travels around the world? 
And it's something that's so defined and so powerful that we are squandering some of the greatest opportunities that have been bestowed upon people throughout the millennia. Here's what I noticed. In spite of the obstacles, in spite of the being ostracized, despite of being disenfranchised, no matter where I go in the world, I'm more likely to see, you ready, Keith? The influence of black youth that is being emulated are being are, are being stolen. stolen are being plagiarized plagiarized are being captured are being copied around the world and let me just say this you don't see that impact by anybody else anywhere else in the world i would say absolutely nowhere else in the world nowhere else in the world and if we don't stop talking about how damn poor we are we'll never be able to conceptualize being wealthy because we're not but what we have is this situation teeth we didn't lose ownership of our likeness. We lost control. Well, we, we, you, you, Dave, you opened up a whole bunch of stuff there. You really did. Um, let's go back to the peaks and the valleys we talked about, right, the extremes. Mm -hmm. Because you talked about uh, the opportunity. As far as we go, I think for the most part is we're at extreme valley there because we don't even see the opportunities anymore, right? And we've been relegated to that for a multitude of reasons, but purposelessly relegated to that by a people that don't look like us. Now, by the same token, they've taken such major advantage of what we're talking about. And one of the things that comes to mind is the Lion King. Now, help me out. Mm -hmm. Um that saying that everybody knows. What was that saying that came out of the Lion King? Something that Akuma Bakata? Okay, that's it. That is an African greeting. An African greeting. Disney copywrote that greeting, and in order for you to say it publicly, whatever, you got to pay them to use it. Now, if that's not the epitome of what you're talking about, I don't know what is. Yeah. Walmart's got Kool-Aid-flavored pickles getting flat-out paid. We know where those come from. <laughs> if that's not the epitome of what you're talking about, I don't know what is. Yeah, Keith, it's, I'm looking forward to the day that the slave 
becomes king. And that king dissolves the kingdom. I can't wait for that day where that slave becomes queen. And that queen dissolves the queendom. So how does that happen? One step at a time, my brother, one step at a time. I I I, I really and I I really don't know other than this, Keith. I don't know other than this. Until we're mindful of what we think that tempers what we say and then what we say is disciplined by what we do and then what we do is actually memorialized in our eternity we will continue to no disenfranchisement. Okay, so with that being said, I'm going to revert back to the earlier conversation. And I'm going to revert it back to you, Dave. I'm going to revert it back to Scotty. Because understand what we just got done doing is saying goes back to what you just said a few minutes ago. It requires a planting. Yep. And that planting is very difficult. It requires breaking ground. And the seed when it's planted, doesn't even necessarily aware of the fact that they have been planted. <laughs> right. But you forgot a very important, well, you left off a very important part because after that seed of planting, it needs to have constant watering. Right. Now, the thing is, we don't know with that constant watering for that seed to sprout it requires that constant watering. You got to do that daily, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. moderately, or somewhat consistently. Mm-hmm. But even with that being done, you still don't necessarily know when it's going to take effect. When it's going to germinate for that seed to come up out the ground, and that's the importance of these type of shows. Is that out of your control? Right, Keith. It's out of your control. Yeah, it's it's so so true, Keith, and I, I I couldn't agree with you anymore. Now let me just say this real quick. Now here's the article. Here's what the subtitle of the article said: Black impact, consumers categories where African Americans move markets. Black consumers are speaking directly to brands in an unprecedented way, and achieving headline making results. Throughout 2017, popular brands witnessed the power of black tweets. Twitter, and the brand impacting the social consciousness black consumers. Through social media, black consumers have brokered a seat at the table and are demanding that brands and markets speak to them in a way that resonates culturally and experimentally as these brands want their business. Excuse me, and uh, experimentally if these brands want their business. Boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And if you believe that, there's a couple of buildings and bridges in New York. There's a, what they say, Keith, 
There's a, a bridge in Brooklyn. There's a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. But still, the, the, the seeds planted in that article are exactly what we're talking about. Here's the, see, the, 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 this article really does speak to a measure of truth, but it has full deception and lies to get the overall desired outcome. And the measure of truth that they're speaking of is very, very small, but it's the most significant thing. All right, I got my thoughts on that. Elaborate. The small but the most significant thing, the measure of truth, is that they're saying that your energy is the, one of the, most, is the most powerful energy source one of the most powerful energy sources or the one of the most powerful sources of energy on this planet. Potentially. No, it is. It is. But now, here's where the deception and everything comes in. This is the best way for you to use it, and this is how you will use it. Gotcha. I agree with that. The, the, I agree with both sides of that. And what I mean by that is I agree with you, the deception behind that. But I also agree with that is the answer to what we just got done yeah. talking about as well. I think that that is the start. And this is where what I was saying earlier is that we've lost control. We own everything. We own everything. All of, all of the problems, we own it. All of the, the all of the incidental un, unnecessary relationships, confrontations, we own it. We don't control now one thing. But we can't. We can, did you say we can or can't? We Sorry. can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. it goes back. And this is my moment today because. I, I see you're long-winded, and we're not going to get through our news uh, articles. We're going to get to what we're going to get to. That's what today is. Is is, is There's a lot of stuff we got to look at. a lot at. of stuff you're opening up here. And it still re keeps reverting back to the same stuff that we talked about earlier in this very same conversation. So, I think everything that you just got done talking about, everything that we just got done, we asked the question, how do you, how, how you fix it? It goes back to what this article is talking about, the impact on the economy. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier in this conversation when I was talking about something that I discounted before, but I'm starting to recognize the powerful enough is, is spiritual consciousness. Yep. Yep. It is. And if we came together in our – because I don't want to do this so much – I have problems with this. In a way, it's contradictive like all the other problems that I was telling you about that I have the problems with me when I look at me because it such, seems like such contradictions. But, but I don't want to make this a racial thing. But unfortunately, where we're going is a racial thing. See, nobody sits in the boat that people of color sit in in this world except for the people of color. Right. There has never been an effort so powerful, so strong, 
to put a certain people in the negative category. Why has so are. much been invested into that? Because the gains of that far exceed the investment. The returns on that, right, Keith? Yes, very true. But you got to give them their props because they knew exactly how to do it. And the first thing that they did to do what they've been so successfully at is making sure we lost our spiritual consciousness. Yep. Yep. Let them lose themselves and they will be their worst enemy. You know who our worst enemy is? Ourselves. The mirror. A lack of the mirror. So, Chief, I'm going to say it. I think that so often the mirror reflects two things, but we only see one. I think that the mirror is, reflects what the great creator had given to us, creation through creation, and given, given to us. But what we, what we see is that we don't see what the great creator made. And I, and I, I always say, if you can't if you if you if you can't see what the great creator made then never pass a mirror well the the, the problem is with that those days it's not that simple and the reason why is because even if you pass that mirror one of the things that what you going to see well one of those things that they did in their evil ingeniousness is they they put a film over that mirror. So even if you look at that mirror, guess what? You don't see the true reflection of yourself anyway. That's what I mean. That's, that's exactly what I mean, Keith. So that's, that's what I mean. So pass it up. If you can't see in a mirror what, what the great creator has made, then don't look in the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Don't do it. So very, very sorcery. Casting spells, so check it out. Next article, real one, real critical one. We're going to cover this one. Uh-oh, Keith, this is why things are really, really uh, coming to a, 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 a shocking global crisis. This was from RT. Done deal. India will lose its trade benefits, U.S. official says. The removal of India from the pre uh, preferential trade deal with a lot, uh, that, uh, which allows for $5.6 in duty-free imports is inevitable. American officials have stressed, claiming, however, that the U.S. wanted nothing, <clears throat> that the, excuse me, that the U.S. wants nothing but good relationships with this partner, talking about India. Basically, this is what happened from this article. The U.S. has removed India as an emerging market, as, as considered as an emerging market. Basically, now the U.S. is, guess what, involving in trade wars with India. <laughs> this is going to be really bad, really bad. Next article from... Well, no, no, you can't just move on to that. Which goes back to what we were saying again. Yes. Where the American people are expecting our politicians to move us in a positive direction and we come complacent in that thought. They are actively, actively doing just the opposite. 
Now you have a trade war with 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 India. Hey, you Dave. know why the U.S. is engaging in a trade war with India? Because about to go to physical war with India. Why? Because India has decided what that the BRIC nations establishment is more relevant and profitable and necessary for the overall livelihood of the corporation of India to engage in those relationships other than having the overall U.S. dollar hegemony continue to be, uh, be the burden of, of their labor as the corporation. So India chose Brazil, Russia, India, and China in South Africa. As with any nation, which is, like which is significant because of the impact that India has and going to have globally. This is why all hell's about to break loose on our standard of living and our quality of life here, everyone here. Hey, Dave. And not going to get away from this, no matter what. Yes, Scotty, go ahead. You know, when I saw that, the first thing that came to my mind was, is it wise for the United States government to be involved in all these trade disputes simultaneously? You got a trade war with China. You got one with, he mentioned Mexico the other day. Um, I think Canada yep. at one time had, had been mentioned. Um, you know, and then yep. when I saw, of course, we got to include uh, most of the EU concerning the Iranian yep. nuclear Russia. deal. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, but then I have mixed thoughts about it because, you know, NAFTA and the Pacific, I forget the exact acronym for the Pacific Trade Agreement that, that um, mm-hmm. you know, these have not been good for American uh, workers. Uh, these trade mm-hmm. agreements have not been beneficial uh, to us, and I would say no. that it has suppressed our standard of living. Um, you know, our, our wages yeah. aren't growing. Um, you know, they're not yep. increasing, but profits for the corporations are increasing with these CEOs getting yep. multi-million dollar bonuses and what have you. So, I, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, certainly some of those trade agreements that was entered into, like NAFTA and the Pacific Trade Agreement, um, is not beneficial to the American worker. But then at the same time, though, I don't think it's wise. I don't think it's wise to engage in hostile trade trade wars with so many different nations at the same yeah, time. Scott is absolutely right because you know all of these trade agreements have only benefited the corporations because that's what these trade agreements ha- have have always been about, and the trade agreements are used as as leverage to take from from the people. And that leverage is used in so many different ways. And none of those trade agreements have been beneficial to the everyday person. But when, it, when the corporations don't get the, the, the trade agreements that they want, then what do they do? They start to, to, to direct and, and directly attack for a measure of what, what I like to say is it's really a measure of positioning yourself to get what you want at the table of negotiation. So what they do is that they start to harm the overall general population of the country, of the, of the country that they want to have the trade deal with, and they attack the common person, and they say that, hey, this trade deal is better for the people here. And but none of them ever have been because none of these trade deals have ever been signed by the people 
or have been negotiated by the people. It's been actually signed by individual corporations and negotiated for individual corporations. And that's where this whole thing is going wrong. Now, here's the big thing. Trade wars actually give you an indication as to keep, you ready? As to who your country is going to go to shooting war against. Okay, before you go there. One more, let me say that one more time. Trade wars establish who your country is going into shooting war before it happens. That's what a trade war is. A trade war is just another, it's just the last step before the shooting starts. Because when trade stops, shooting starts. Okay, with that being the case. Very important. Very important. And let's talk about the relevancy of what you're talking about. And I've got to change the subject, even though we're talking about the relevancy, not change the subject, just, just go in a different direction. So you're talking about war. And we're talking about the great United States of America and the great democratic system that we stay in. And we all, all understand that in order to go to a war, you had to have a declaration of war by the United States Congress. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's been in debate for a long time because when was the last time that Congress declared us in war? But mm -hmm. we've been in war every since. But put that in a little compartment over here. Mm -hmm. And, and we're going to talk about what you just got done saying with trade wars. Mm -hmm. Now, in order to come up with these major trade things, guess what? You had to have Congress to enter into these agreements. Yep. The fact of the matter is our illustrious celebrity figurehead, president, is coming up unilaterally deciding on going into trade wars by himself. They call it trade wars for a reason. Right, Keith? It's known as trade war for a reason. Notice it's not... not trade disagreements. Exactly. Trade negotiations. Trade conflicts. No. It's trade what? Wars. Yep. Very telling. They tell you everything. We just need to learn to listen better. It's there. And again, it goes back to the quote-unquote American people. Because again, you're looking at this person that's holding that seat that is unilaterally stomping all the power from everywhere unto himself. And there's not, and there's not a shortage in enough people saying that unilaterally he's destroying the United States as we know it, as as it was professed to be, mm -hmm. and yet everybody's still just sitting there watching. Yep, yep. It's 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 really, and it's critical because it's important for us to start to prepare ourselves because the momentum that the, the destruction train has already left left the station and it has stopped at a couple of stations to drop people off and to pick pick up new people. And it's, guess what, Keith? It steams on. It steams on, and it's overall. And this one is a bullet train. This one's a bullet train. So very, very significant. Next article from Sputnik News. Trump to tell May U.S. won't share intelligence with U.K. because of Rahway. 
The White House has been lobbying its European allies against giant uh, railway access to its networks, claiming that the Chinese government significantly controlled over the company despite the, its denial. So, celebrity figurehead Donald Trump will reportedly tell Theresa May next week, this, this week today, that the United States will stop sharing intelligence with the UK unless London scraps its plan to allow uh, Rahway to Yahweh to build a 5G mobile phone network. Here's the key to that. Do you see what's happening here? The U.S. is going to war with Britain. And let me tell you something about Britain, in my opinion. Britain is the iconic uh, 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 pillar and epitome of colonization. And believe me, of all of the corporations, that's one corporation that sits in a position of advantage at all times, and they fund all of the wars, all sides of it, because they intend to win every single one. Hey, I just uh, saw an article, Dave. It says since 2001, the U.S. government has spent close to $4 trillion on wars in the Middle East alone. Boy, you hear what Scotty said? $4 trillion in the Middle East just by itself. Boy. Now remember, in the last Reality is defined. In the last 10 years. Let me just say this, Keith. Brutality is defined by British blood. Go ahead, Keith. Never mind. (laughs) No, what were you going to say, Keith? You forgot? No, I did forget. I mean, we we need to go on because this is is so encompassing. Uh, It kind of goes back to what I was saying when I was... um, Put the emphasis on actively. Yeah. You know, actively. It looks like the agent of the United States is. They see the pile of leaves. They know that these pile of leaves are flammable. No, we're not going to say leaves. We're going to say something that we want. Uh, They see the country is flammable. And it needs to be handled with caution because caution it's flammable. So what they're going to do is they're going to go get the big thing of barbecue lighter fluid mm-hmm. and start to douse it, you know, yeah. while holding matches in the pocket. And that's what I meant by actively. We are. They got that lighter fluid and they're just spraying it everywhere. Man. It seems like they're going out of their way to hurry up and destroy the United States. Mm-hmm. Pour a little bit here. Pour a little bit there. Douse, douse this, that one. Drench over here. Yeah. Purposely done, Keith. Very, very important. But, hey, we got to get ready to go to a commercial break. Scotty, in the, in the break, would you play, uh, uh, if you can, I would love to hear Freedom. I, I, man, I listen to that a couple of times a day. Sister Dog. Kills that overall. 
you know, uh, uh, spot. And I greatly appreciate it. But listen, when we come back, we're going to finish what's in the news. We got a, a, a bunch of articles, and that's what today's show is really going to be about. The, the, the topic is really some of the things that's in the news that we definitely have. There's one particular article that I'm going to give 30 minutes to, uh, or 20 minutes to for sure, and I'll let you know what that is. But um, things are brewing into a real global shock crisis is what it is. Is today's show. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, don't hesitate. Give us a call, 704-802-5056. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back. Great creative willing after these quick commercial breaks. Got to give me two minutes. Back everyone to Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation at any time, give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, don't hesitate, give us a call. Today's show is that we're looking at some of the things is going on in the news and we're just running over those things and, and giving our thoughts. And the topic is things are brewing into a real global shock crisis. Is, is one, but there is a, a specific article that I want to save some time for, I, and, and but we'll we'll get to that um, in in a little bit. But let's get back to what's in the news and check out some of those things, and just so you can think about and prepare for as much as you can. So we had to go all the way back. We're still going going back to some of the things that we had in Friday's show. So here we go. Next article. This one came from 
news punch. And this one says, quote, we spread AIDS to wipe out blacks in the South, in South Africa, ex-mercenary officer. A white mercenary, a mercenary posed as a doctor in order to infect black South Africans with HIV to decimate the black race and create a white majority in South Africa, according to a shocking confession of an ex-mercenary officer, South African, now has one of the world's worst HIV epidemic in the world. 7.1 million people, or just under 19% of the population, live with the virus. And I would just say this. That's the system. It is, you know what, Keith, and I want us to, 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 to not to lose focus of this, but I want to expand our horizon, our, 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 our horizontal view of it all. I want us to, to for this reason, every single person that, that dies in today's world has been summarily murdered by this system. It's, it's actually a measure that is used to gain compliance. It's, these things are compliance tactics, measures, policies, and procedures that is weighed and, and, and wanded as a, as a casted spell over the human existence. To always foster and get compliance. So, check out that article. Next article. This one. Hold is, on. Yep. Thank you. Now, in reference to that article that you just got done reading, I'd have to check, but it seems to me, if you needed some validation a little bit for that article, seems to me that they age virus has a patent on it. Yes, definitely does. So there's a cure for it. You could do a little research and the patent is right there. I, I used to be able to recite the patent number for it. But I'll tell you this, guess what the one of the most important ingredients of that cure? Guess what it is, Keith? Ooh. Nope. Silver. Yep. Yep. I'm embarrassed by my first guess. As you should be. <laughs> As you should be. And, and I got a couple other things, but we don't have time to go over the other things that you should be embarrassed about yourself. But back to the show. You're right, Keith. Next article, very significant one. Scotty kind of alluded to this as well. This is from Bloomberg. Trump's Mexican terrorists risk the economy turmoil ahead of the 2020 vote. And this one is the U.S. is now going to invoke tariffs on Mexico. Why does that not surprise you? Then there's going to be a trade war with Mexico. Why does that not surprise me? I'm telling you. That wall that Trump can keep talking about that 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 the, the, that is in the overall the, the talking points is not for the reasons that has been said. That wall is going to be built to keep you in. 
not to keep anybody out. And it actually is used, it's actually used to disguise the overall war movement. I was saying, Keith, that that wall, that, that talking point about the wall, it's not like the Chinese. You know, China has a wall. It's called the Great Wall of China. And the Chinese are said to have built that wall to keep the barbarians out. But see, it's different. Because China has never, ever, ever, ever invaded another country. How many countries has this overall infantile nation, corporation, been involved with colonization and extermination and invasion? How many? It's since its existence and its inception, darn near. So guess what, Keith? It's the opposite. They're building the wall to keep the barbarians in. It's a different dynamic. I, I tell you, though, Dave, but the barbarians that's destabilizing these other countries, they, you know, they can just fly over it in the military plane. Yeah. Um, and what have yeah. you. But, you know, that's yeah. one of the things I never really hear discussed when people start talking about uh, immigration and getting a handle on immigration. They never, never discuss why are these people leaving their homes? You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, you really, really, yeah. really, really have to be desperate to leave a country where you have roots, to leave your, you know, where your ancestors are buried yep. at, where you spent your entire life. It has to, you have to really be desperate to uproot yourself and then risk life, risk your life, you know, crossing that desert uh, in Arizona yep. and, and other parts. And, you and, know, Mexico, and Mexico and everything else, right. Nobody this wants is, to talk very, about how the U.S. Yes. corporations uh, uh uh, backed by yeah. the U.S. government, uh, which is a corporation, but how they have these. I was just reading about Honduras the other day. You know, when Hillary Clinton was still Secretary of State, they had a, a Democratic elections, elected a president. The right wing uh, uh, military did a military coup. Um, nobody, no, you know how they trying to say that um, Maduro is illegitimate or what have you. Well, you know that after that military yep, coup yep. in Honduras, they installed a, a a puppet dictator, and and they you know yep. wasn't saying that he was illegitimate. Matter of fact, Hillary Clinton is on giving a press conference saying Honduras is now open for business, and then since then you've had a rash of assassinations of of activists, um, you know, land reform activists and what have you. And now I heard that it's a lot going on there now with protests because they're trying to privatize education and something else that they're trying, a, another key public service that they're trying to privatize. So when these things, when your corporation, USA Inc., goes in on the, on the behalf of not you, not you, the people, but but those other corporations, so that they could go in these other countries and exploit the workers, exploit the resources. Then don't be surprised when these people start fleeing those countries. Yeah, right, right. They actually firebomb in 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 the U.S. embassy 
Um, and we, I think we got an article posting of that as well. So yeah, I saw that. I saw right. that. But you, you uh, got somebody on the board. Yes. What's the destabilization? It's very, very important. So let's go to the uh, caller uh, that's on the board. It's my brother, Brother uh, Davis or Sister Davis. Welcome, Brother or Sister Davis. What say you? Always good to hear the voice of a friend. Absolutely. It's always good to hear the voice of a friend. Look, man, the show is very contentious this morning. Very contentious. And see, I really want people to understand the historic value. And what does that mean? That means this has been their MO since the beginning of their entry. When they first were introduced to the world, they came out as cannibals. They were eating each other. They, w they were introduced to Africa through the Moors because they knew that the Moors had the resources in Africa to be able to feed them. That's, and the Moors literally gave them the navigational skills to get to Africa. See, we fail to realize that their MO has not changed. Because when they got to Africa, they didn't go to Africa just stealing slaves and, and killing people. They went over there very humble because they were hungry. Because now they begin to understand there's a variety of fruits and vegetables that they could eat. And they envied it so much that they became a friend to these people. And in this interaction, they were introduced to gunpowder. It was just a source of entertainment for most of the people in Africa and Asia, because that's literally where it came from. Because for those of you who don't know, Africa was the center point of world navigation because Africans had reached every continent already before Europeans even came into the sea. Europeans literally needed Africa so bad that when the Black Plague hit Europe, they came to Africans and asked Africans to help. And Africans went to Europe, they studied the environment, they studied the people, they came back to Africa, after a period of time, came up with a solution and said, this will cure your people, but you must remember one thing and live by that one thing. And they said, what is that? And they said, you do not eat when you defecate. That speaks a lot about why Europeans don't connect with their ancestors on that level. Because when they were in the caves in the wintertime, the weak were eaten. So when they begin to understand the power of having a country like Africa to be able to sail across the Mediterranean because they didn't have great navigational skills. Let me be very clear. The only reason why they got to is because of more insight. That's how they got to America, because of Moore's insight. We have to understand every time they come in and they find there's something that they want, they start plotting to get it. They will never tell you, which history does, if you look up every continent that Europe has invaded, they killed millions upon millions upon millions of the indigenous people because they were trying to eradicate the knowledge of the sensual, I'm sorry, the generational descending knowledge. And that's where black people are caught to, very, to this very day. They have no connection with that generational descendant knowledge. But white people overlook one thing. Black people were chosen by the Creator to be first. And do you think about that for a minute? They were chosen to be first, so they had a certain degree of essence that may not have been seen externally, 
but they were living internally. So when they developed gunpowder into guns, they decimated every country they went to. That's how they got where they are today. And today, they're still doing it. So make no mistake that a lot of people have found themselves victimized by not knowing their heritage. It's because there is a, something in their heritage that is so powerful that their fear level is greater than their intellectual level to rational. Rationally discuss it. Why? Because they can't control it. Keep in mind exactly what I said. They cannot control it. And when black people start indulging themselves in the arts of understanding the transcendental knowledge that is set free through their DNA, they're going to be able to wake up to a whole new world. And if that world deals with just self-awareness at first, that is acceptable because like minds gravitate. I just wanted to add that, brothers. I appreciate the courtesy. Well said, Brother Davis. Well, well, well said. And, you know, when Brother Davis spoke about the Black Plague, and, and you know, as Brother Davis always says, do your own research, do your own due diligence. And, you know, one of the things, and, and it's many things, but the thing that, that Brother Davis said, and I wanted to, to elaborate on this, there was um, the Black Plague. There was something called Keith, something that was called, and, and you all notice I had to just yell. I was just telling Keith to wake up. Uh, Keith, there was something that, and he's been asleep for a while since the break, since the last time he spoke, but Brother Davis said something that was very, very important. I want you to do, do some, some research on this, everyone. During the Black Plague, one of the things that came out of the Black Plague was the cure for the Black Plague became known. You know how it became known, Keith? It became known as vinegar of four thieves. And the individuals that disclosed how to defeat the black, black Plague had something that they called vinegar of spices. Britain changed it to vinegar of four thieves because there were spice traders, and these spice traders were immune to the overall black plague, and they were able to go into the homes of those individuals that had was, was dying or just uh, died of the black plague, go into those, and they would go in and, and, and take the possessions. And you've seen it before, Keith. You've seen where they got those long snouts, in, in, in over the, like masks and everything else, and they, they wore the black and everything else. Well, the, the individuals that they got that from were spice traders. Where do you think those spice traders were from? They were from a very fertile continent that produced the very essence of what would defeat the black plague. And I always like to say this. For every disease that man has created, the great creator has a herb to cure it. So do a little research on that, and you'll see what I mean. We got another caller. I did do. Um, I did do some research on on that, and um, they never cured anything. What they did was minimize. What they did was um, what did they call that? Um, what they did was 
isolate. What do they call that today when they put you in medical isolation or, or whatever? Or quarantine. Yeah, they quarantine. just quarantine, but also, you know, uh, um, they did some other things in terms of hygienics and what have you, but um, it was saying some of the cures they tried was rubbing onions, herbs, or chopped up snake if available on boils, or cutting up a pigeon and rubbing it over an infected body, drinking vinegar, eating crushed minerals, eating arsenic, mercury, and even um, something called traco. Traco. I don't know what that what that is, um, but none of those things were effective. So it basically just ran its course and, and, you know, I guess later, I don't even think they developed any immunity because it's still around to this day. Um, and they're saying that, you know, it's certain anti antibiotics that are effective for that, for that treatment. Um, but then that lends to the overuse, that speaks to the overuse of uh antibiotics and how you get me when I was in the military they were telling us about uh, warning us when we went to Korea about certain diseases and what have you that even penicillin can't even cure because it's um, um, the viruses have mutated and adopted that's where you get the term super viruses uh, from but um, here, I do got a question for, for Brother Davis. Uh, my question is, and I've heard people say this even about Native Americans here. When they was being conquered, did they not have, have this knowledge? Did they not know who their ancestors was and was doing everything uh, before they got conquered and what have you? I don't know. Uh, let me see. I don't know. Uh, uh, Brother Davis is. Uh, could um, Brother Davis, if you could uh, chime back Am in. Am I live? There he is. Okay. Am there I live? There, there yes. Is. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, okay. you're live. Go ahead, Brother Davis. Okay, that's a great question. That's a great question. Let me give you a little background. Back then, Africa was a continent of culture and, and tradition. And what they practiced was ma'at, the 42 principles. Now, what that does is that raises the appreciation of life to such a level that when older people died, it was a celebration of the culture that they literally left behind. So therefore, when people came in and had no respect for life on any level and eliminated at a thought, that's what they, that's how fast they were killing over there. It devastated those people because those people were not warring people. Let me be very clear about this. Black people are created people. White people are destroyers. They steal, kill, and destroy. Look at their history and compare it to the Bible they gave you. That tells you exactly who they are. I appreciate the opportunity, brother. Thank you. Okay, um, so you say the 20 whatever principles of my yacht, which comes out of Egypt. All of Africa wasn't practicing my yacht. Like I was telling somebody last night about Chikosi. Chikosi is a religion where they take little girls and take them to the priest, the fetish priest, and they they sacrifice this little girl. They don't kill her, but they make they give them over to the priest. They live with the priest as servants and sexual slaves. And what those little girls are supposed to be doing is paying for the sins of their family members. All of Africa have hundreds of cultures, hundreds of different religions. They weren't all practicing the same thing. Just want to make that clear. 
let me be very clear, Scotty, because see, you twisted what I said. Let me be very clear. I didn't say all of Africa practice. You said they. You, you said this. they. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They and trade, they literally propagated my aunt all over the country. So many of the liberties, the Dogons, the Tutsis, the Falanis, all of them had different attributes of my aunt that they live by. Now, they might have called it under different terms, but that you can't tell me on any level that these people went around treating each other like white people treat black people. That's ridiculous. Uh, Africa, Africa has a history of wars and enslaving each other. That's in history. But let, let's let's move on because we're getting off track. You got another call, Dave. What you're talking about? No, I'm not talking about the Arab invasion, but uh, you know, I'll leave it there. You know, it, it's our our the history. The, the history is so multifaceted, and so when I think what happens is that when. When, when, like, when Brother David's talking about something, he's talking about a specific thing, and when Scotty's talking about something, he's talking about a specific thing. And I don't think that we should, should, should convolute those things because the, the show one can't, can't foster that, that, that type of uh, uh, conversation. Um, but there's so many variables to it all. And so everything that we talk about, and what I was saying about uh, Brother Davis, we talked about the Black Plague. One of the things that the Black Plague was, was because of uh, vinegar of four thieves, that actually prevented people from catching the Black Plague. And, and that was, and I know, and, and I know with how powerful uh, thieves oil is in vinegar of four thieves because I know my son used to, uh, it actually saved, in my opinion, it saved my son's life because my son actually was was burdened with asthma and the steroids that the prescription and the doctors of today was giving was actually making my 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 son's asthma worse and it was strengthening the overall and weakening his lung capacity and that way the asthma attacks would be more deadly and deadly and i almost lost my son one day now remember when my son actually uh darn near stopped breathing on me at dinner and had to rush into the hospital. And the inhaler and everything else didn't work. So you know what I did, Keith? You know what I did? I said, I'm going to stop relying on this lie. Mm. And I'm going to go back and find what is it that can really, really, really help my son. And you know what I did? I went back to some herbs. And guess what, Keith? My son never had another asthma attack again so this is to me when we when we look at those things there's a difference in believing and knowing and what i don't put too much emphasis in what i believe i put more emphasis in what i know and i know that that overall helped and saved my son yeah i i think where we got into a little bit uh, thing with Scotty and, and uh, Brother Davis is like what we were talking about earlier. Uh, we ran to a peak and we ran to a valley, you know. So we got into a discussion of, we got to even remember when we were talking about Africa, 
we're talking about a human, human continent. So you're looking at a, a multitude of cultures and, and all of these things. You know, so, which words is the point that both were making? So let's right. So you know, we just gotta just gotta understand that you know nothing applies to every situation. Yes, you know. So hold on, let's 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 move forward here because I want to definitely get this this stuff out. Hey, Next we got another caller. Oh, oh yeah, I, I sure did. Okay, let's 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 move to this other caller real quick. I've got another caller out of California. My brother's ca- calling from the Oakland area. Welcome, brother, to Tando Radio Show. What say you? Hey, this West again. Hey, great show, man. Yo, up, I mean, I feel I feel such a kinship to y'all because nobody seems to under. I feel like you guys think like I think, understand even the, the just the discussion between. Scotty and Brother David, it, I mean, it's just, it's so real and so natural and so on point. And by, it's, 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 it's different. Scotty, great job hosting him and keep hosting, hosting while you are out. Dave, but even when you're gone, Dave, it's like I'm missing part of my family. But it's funny, I was fishing yesterday and I had a question that I said, well, I want to ask them because be, I've been studying a little, I mean, you know, from reading different things and Indians. It seems that I've heard that we really are, most of our ancestors might actually be true, truly American and born here, that they have just twisted it to make it seem like most of our ancestors came from Africa when originally yeah. they just twisted that we are Indians and they've changed that up. And that's more of the concept that I, I kind of, that's what I was thinking about asking. So it's, it's crazy that y'all went to this conversation today because... It's, it's, it's amazing, but I'm going to get off and let you go ahead on. With you. Let, me, no, go ahead. let me answer his question. I actually posted a video to Black Talk Radio uh, Network. I'm pulling up the site now. I want you to go watch this this um, this video that was done by this young man who has put in a lot of research um, into that. Now, I know here in recent years, I don't know how long this movement been around. We've had them on this network um, where they come in talking, telling me that, you know, they come to Black Talk Radio because they want to get a message to our people. Uh, but then when I find out that you don't even consider yourself black, you don't consider yourself African, you call yourself what Christopher Columbus called yourself. And by the way, the Moors was on them boats with Christopher Columbus going around the world com- committing heinous crimes and what have you. Um but it's called, where is this video? Okay, there's one. Where are the slave ships? Why aren't they in museums? This is a question that these people have put out there to get to get you to, que- to question whether or not you have any connections to Africa. But that's not the video that I want you to watch. The video I want you to check out, I'm trying to find it right now. And it's not that long, but, you know, you asked the question, so we should provide you with an answer. This person, young man, has done a lot of research uh, into this. It's in the video section. Okay, where where is it? Um, but what he's saying is, what, this is what he's saying. Now, you notice how those aborigine black people in Australia have stringy hair, but they're real, real dark. I mean, they're like dark, dark, dark. They're highly melanated, mm-hmm. but they have that stringy hair. Okay. Now, what this person is saying that some of their some of that strain of Africans, okay, that first went into Asia 
and and made it with not Neanderthals, but I forget the name, Denonesian, uh, something like that is what they made it with. So anyway, he's saying that those Austro, it's a specific scientific name for, the, for that uh, group of human beings. But he says that at one time, were there dark melanated Africans here with stringy hair, with that kind of hair? He was like, yes. Most of them got wiped out and what have uh, what have you by disease, by uh, um, uh, getting wiped out by these people with guns because they didn't have any guns, and so they have done the research already. And I I don't know why it's hard for people to understand that if you got af- if you got an afro, if you got you know that African textured hair, then that's where your ancestors are from. Okay, they ain't gonna have stringy hair. They not no those those uh Indians are more directly descended from them Australian uh those black Australian people. And I'll find the uh, name of this video. I have posted it, but I can't seem to find it right now. And I'll give you the name of it. Okay, yeah, I found it. African Americans are not Native American Indians. You are African. I'm gonna post that in the um, I'm gonna post that in the chat room for anybody that wants to check it out because he'll answer a lot of those que- uh, questions for you. Um, he did a lot of research and you know and you just take it uh, take it for what it's worth. Some people will uh, accept his research. Some people won't. Yeah, right, right, right guys. Some can, will, I add, can I add? You can yeah, purchase the book. The first uh, the first Americans were African. My doctor, uh, Michael M. Otep, I met him personally several years ago, and he does the research on different places that they literally not, not, not only navigated to, but there are physical landmarks still there today that demonstrates his research. So the book is called The First Americans Were African by Dr. Ian Otep. Well, there's another book by Dr. Ivan Van Sertima. Um, Dr. Ivan Van Sertima, his book is called They Came Before Columbus. And he talks about those uh, archaeological finds, um, um, like the big heads that have the African features and what have you in South America. The Omex. The Omex. The Omex. Yeah, right. Now, what Dr. Ivan Van Sertima said was that African traders came with all around the world but came to the Americas that includes North America and South America because you know they found gold tipped steers uh spears and they did the um some kind of testing you could test on metal to find out what area of the world it came from because it has some kind of like for lack of a better word genetic uh, signature and what have you and they said that those spear tips came from a certain region in Africa or the gold came from a certain region in yeah, Africa yeah what you know, doctor have to do is burn, if we find the the purities of, of gold and it you'll be able to separate yeah you can yeah, tell where it came separate. from right so yeah. at no the time bird, yeah, the, what he said was those Africans traded with the Indians that were already here before the Africans came here. And no time did he ever say that there were huge settlements 
uh, you know, the Africans came over here to the Americas in huge numbers and made settlements. No, they came here to trade and, and they taught these indigenous populations uh, agricultural techniques. They uh, taught them other technology like the pyramids. They were no pyramids here. And they learned that from Africans. Okay, so I, Dr. Ivan Ver Van Sertima, they came before Columbus, meaning they came here to trade with the Indians before Columbus did. Okay, so let me let me again, you know, uh, where we're where I think what we're doing is we're trying to come up with concrete evidences on this. And if you go to YouTube, you'll find several things. One of those that they'll say Africans were the first Asians. You'll find that Africans were the first Americans. And it could go back to the fact that you're right, that it seems like the Africans were all throughout the world before the world was even conscious on the other levels. But if you go back to what we all have gone back to in the first place is all man came from Africa. the seat of the motherland. Right. So if you look at it from that prospect, that means all humans as we know it, its origination came from Africa. Including you know, Europeans. I'm, yeah, and you know, I, I, and it's, I think it's very, very important to, to just know some of the uh, geographical or geological importance of the continent of Africa. It's but, the only continent that's anchored. But here's and my, here's my thing, though, Dave. How does those debates help us today? How is that helping me in my situation today? It's not. It's I, not it, helping me. I don't, I, I don't know about that, Scotty. And the reason why I don't know about it is because, uh, and it goes back to what I was uh, alluding to earlier in the conversation, is if you look at a pe the people of color, here's how I think it helps, and here's where I think a lot of it is key. Even in the United States, and, and it's pretty much most people won't argue it, is that they say people of color have always been extremely spiritual people. Okay. And, and if we get back to our spirituality, guess what? I think that that is the key to our rise to change our But see, then we get into an argument, Keith, about, well, what spirituality, what religion, and, and this and that and the other. And this is why Malcolm X said, leave this stuff at the door. When, when we're working on a, a, a unit, what was the name of his organization? Um, the Organization for Afro-American Unity. What did he say? He said that I'm a Muslim. I practice, I'm, I practice Islam. I forget which branch of Islam he practiced. He's like, you a Christian. And he was like, leave all that stuff at the door when we come into this building to sit down and strategize uh, how we going to end this oppression of our people. Because he know there is going to be no agreement. There's no going to be no but agreement on spiritual things. I'm saying, Scotty. But, Scotty, you're misconstruing what I'm saying. I disagree because when you're talking about uh, the Muslims were Christians, that's religion. That's not spirituality. And if you go back and if you study what they were talking about in the ancient tomb of Egypt, you will find that those people were talking about and they were in touch with their spirituality. And I think all that came after it, as a matter of fact, if you look at a lot of the things when they're talking about the studies of religion, 
you'll see that a lot of the people believe that religions were brought about to subjugate people. And what you're talking about leaving at the door is to leaving at the door that subjugation. That's not spirituality. Are, are we in agreement yeah. right now on this subject? Are we oh, in no, agreement no. on this subject? Oh, without a doubt. Oh, oh, oh without a doubt. No, yeah. I don't think we are, Dave. We are not in agreement. Now, I get no, what I Keith think- is saying about the, the difference between religion and spirituality. You know, spirituality, religion is the door that introduces people to spirituality. You know, it's different ways that you're going to come. I say let every man decide for himself and work out his own salvation. And don't tell me that, oh, I'll be doing better if I practice this form of spirituality over that form of spirituality because I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm in my 50s, okay? I've already done that work. I've already asked the great creator, which path do you want me on? And I'm on that path. And I have my beliefs, but at the same time, I'm not going to go to, like, my Muslim cousin. Now, my cousin gets on my nerves, all right? He's in the nation of Islam. He just constantly, constantly, constantly trying to recruit us into the nation of Islam. And when I say us, I'm talking about me and my mother. And we don't want to hear it, dude. We don't want to hear it. And and you badgering us with your beliefs, we don't badger you uh, with our beliefs. So, you know, it causes division. And at the end of the day, it's not going to put food on my table. It's not going to keep these lights on. It's not going to keep Black Talk Radio Network on, on air. We are people of many different faiths and many people different beliefs. I read an African uh, um, uh, proverb that says that you should get along with everybody, regardless of what they what spirituality they practicing. Okay, and so my spirituality is summed up in two commandments. Love God with all your heart and 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 treat your uh, neighbors as you would have them treat you or love your neighbor as you would have them love you. That's simple. All this other stuff, man, I, I, I really don't think it's constructive. And, and let, you're entitled to your opinion. Let, 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 hold on one second. One second, Brother Davis. Let me just say this. I say that we are in, in, in full agreement because of this. And I'll, I'll just go back to what, um, and I respect every single person. I love every single person here. That will never, ever, ever change. And the thing is this, is that there's an objective that we all have, but there's different methods to that. There, and that one I actually was introduced to by uh, Brother Malcolm said that, that we have the same objective, but we use different methods. And it's very important because does it matter? I thought it was a very important question. Does it matter? Yes, it matters to the individual and how that individual resonates because everyone resonates differently. But we collectively know that there is something that we need to change. Some of us think that it's significant for us to go back further, and some of us think that it's very significant for us to move right now. And who's right and who's wrong is not a measure of, to me, is not a measure of who's right or who's wrong. It's a measure of this. At, for me, a coward and a person of valor both experience fear at the exact same time. The difference is that the coward is paralyzed by fear, but the person of valor is motivated to action. If you're motivated to action, that's based off of your talents, your capabilities, and from that, if your objective is right, 
And if I'm doing my objective over, my objective is the same as yours and I have a different method, guess what? The objective will be reached, but at different times. And still very, very, very important and significant. I agree agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, where I where I have conflict with people is when they start dealing in absolutes and they saying we absolutely must practice this if we are to do this, that, yeah. or the other. There are no absolutes. Yeah, yeah Scott, that's so true. And I, I think I think where we kind of got off is because I'm a Christian, but I wasn't speaking of Christianity, but I was speaking of spirituality. And what why I bring that distinction is. If you go back and look at the ancient Egyptian spirituality and their mode of thought, you'll find that it refers back to what you were saying. It has to do with being with one at the universe. Right, 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 right. Listen to what I'm saying, because we're on the same page. Yeah, I hear you, What I'm saying is, it it doesn't, I'm not, I was talking about, I wasn't talking about religion. I think religion divides. And I, I think the spirituality gets back to the unit, the, what I would call the unity of mindset, the spirituality that we all belong to the to the, the cosmos and we all work together because we're all a piece of it, goes back to what you were saying, not religion. And yeah, that's all yeah there are saying. universal spiritual principles across several faiths. I'm going to call them faiths instead of religion, okay? Because religion is just rituals, ritual, uh, ritualistic right, right, practice. Right. That's all it is, right, okay? Right. It's for show. Right. It's for show and tell right. and what have you. So right. I'm going to call it faiths. There are several different faiths that all share certain spiritual principles, okay? And yep. and and so if you want to practice something and it's helping you, man, I'm go for it. I'm 100% for it. But don't tell me that what I'm practicing is wrong, okay? Because it's working for me, okay? And so that's what I think Malcolm X was talking about. We want to have the, these philosophical conversations about what we think other people should be doing. No, no, no. The only thing I think we should be doing is is uh, uh, setting aside beliefs because a belief is a belief. You know, understand what I'm saying? Everybody don't hold the same beliefs. Yeah. But we know that there are certain things going on that we need to address. When, when I asked CC for, um, to hook me up or introduce me to somebody in the black prepping community, I saw there was a lack of preparation in the black community for the things that, you know, destabilization, austerity, and what have you. And then that's when she introduced me to Dave, and Dave was talking about precious metals. Well, because of my spiritual beliefs, I had to question Dave on, well, where are these metals coming from? Okay, are are they conflict, like conflict diamonds? Or are they, you know, people being exploited? Um, to mine these materials, you know, um, because that would be in conflict with my spirit, spiritual uh, principles. But I brought Tan, I brought Tando Radio Show on board to tell us to go over the news, talk about how this, that, and the other, these decisions of these corporations and these governments are affecting the everyday people and what everyday practical things that people can do to prepare for what's coming. In terms of how you pray, what you pray for, 
that I don't, I'm not concerned with that. All right, I will start a religious program if I wanted religious programming. Okay, but no, we need practical information. We need to know what's going on because, like Dave says, they always tell you what they're gonna do before they do it. And then once we have that information, what do we do with that information? How do we use that information to prepare our people? Right. So, so, so true, Scotty. So hold on one sec. Let me um, get Brother Davis in because um, he wanted to chime in as well before we get out of here. Well said all. Go ahead. Bro- I know time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> Go ahead, Brother Davis. I never said anyone had the right to push any religion or any spirituality on anyone. All I said was everybody has a right to have a awareness of it. And how does that happen? Through vessels like this, in which we're here's the discussion where people could say, you know what, I always wanted to ask this question, like the brother who called. If we do not give them the opportunity to seek out the truth in the areas where it can be exposed to them, like the information that you gave him and the information I gave him, how would he have an avenue for his own diligence? This is my point. And I don't think or believe for a minute that everybody is entitled or supposed to do or practice the same thing. Because if that is the case, there would actually be no variety in the world. We need variety in order for us to expand. I just wanted to add, thank you. Well, well said. Now, before we get out of here, and I'm going to carry this tomorrow, there was one article that is very, very pressing, and I want you all to know this in in America, I posted it inside of today's show. There's one article that, you know, everyone, I want you to be aware of. And if you can, if you can, I want you to read this so that we compare it with you. If you have any thoughts or anything else, because we're going to focus some of this on this article for tomorrow. Keith, you ready? This is from RT International. Listen, very important. Cutting off oil supplies to China is equal to a declaration of war. As the U.S. and China trade war continues to escalate, and it's really escalating now, a lot of what, and we're gonna, we're gonna carry this, but this is gonna be one of the, the things that we're going to discuss tomorrow, and we're going to have to continue with what's in the news, very important. Beijing and its energy giants appear to be bracing for a worst case scenario where the spat will drag on for years and possibly result in Chinese foreign oil supplies, excuse me, shoot, sorry about that, you all. This, This article is critical for us to know because it's going to be much faster than what I, I think that most people are even considering. <clears throat> because remember, the U.S. was able to have an embargo on Japan, and Japan had no alternative but to attack. Pearl Harbor. That Pearl Harbor, yep. And that same overall ideology and that same tactic is being used. But this time, Chief, is not being used against one country. It's being used against many countries in, or, in or, order to enable an isolation of a few countries. And one of the countries that the U.S. definitely wants to isolate by actually uh, uh, causing harm to other countries 
is China. It's much broader and much bigger than just oil. It's a trade war. Now, Dave, take so, that, what you just said about them cutting off oil, because we covered this last week on Tando while you was out. China's threatening yeah. to, uh, the U.S. gets 80% of its, uh, oh, man, I didn't forgot the name of those minerals already. Keith, help me out, earth, bro. The, the, rare, the rare earth minerals? The rare earth minerals. 80% of the U.S. supply of rare earth minerals come from China. China controls, yep. pretty much controls the uh, rare earth minerals market, right? And they were threatening to not to cut off U.S. corporations for that. That would include defense contractors that, yeah. that need that stuff to work. And I said, you know what? I think China's bluffing yeah. and using that as leverage because if they did yeah. that, the United States would immediately go into a shooting war with them. And the, and the yeah. same is reverse of what you just said about yeah. if they cut them off from the oil. China yeah. isolate. But what I think is happening is the reverse, though. They're not isolating China. They're isolating themselves as we see all these other nations making moves to for autonomy from the yeah. U.S. system. That's the whole point. They're isolating themselves. And let me just say, because of the rare earth elements, don't so Keith, and everyone listen, Keith, don't be surprised if the U.S. invades a country, another country in Africa. Because Africa, after China, Africa is a large producer of rare earth elements. Also, uh, the United States on the West Coast, Nevada, that's why Nevada was such a big deal a couple of years ago. Yes. So, very, very important. Okay, everyone, we got to get ready to get out of here. Much love, much respect. We'll be back tomorrow. Great, great show. I just want to thank uh, Brother Davis. And, and, and thank Brother West for calling it, uh, Scotty for co-hosting, Pastor Keith. Uh, you, you, were, you were awake for most of the show, and I really do appreciate that. I only had to nudge you to wake up a couple of times. But I just want to say this. Much love, much respect. It's never goodbye. I never say goodbye. It's always I'll see you later. And before you ask for a fortune, make sure you give one away. Be aware. Be prepared. Never scared. Always prepared. Because things are definitely going to be changing. And that way, if you're prepared, then you can seize on the opportunities that will come in the strike. Much love, much respect. Great Creator Will, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Gold dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. Slicing cake.